0: So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. So let's just be honest here. (laughs) Lots of things happening in life right now that can cause us to go, nope, not going to have that conversation. Or maybe you're like, oh my gosh, I just can't do this with this person. And sometimes you may feel like you're being held back and then other times you feel super, super free. But a lot of the way we have to get around all of this is really step into discovering the power of who you are and also giving ourselves a little bit of room to be in a state of forgiveness. And I know it's really hard right now, team. (laughs) I know it's really hard to go, let's forgive people for what's going on. But today's conversation is all about experiencing all of that with an amazing author who I'm really excited to have on the show. I know I say that about every guest. I am. I'm always excited to have everybody on the show, but... um, I think this is a great conversation for us on Life closeted to truly step into how do we have some of these difficult conversations, but also how do you free yourself and let yourself be exactly who we are? Today's guest is Megan Onan. She is, well, she's an author. She's a speaker. She's a mom. She's an amazing storyteller. I've seen a couple of her things and I'm just ready to unleash her on you. So Megan, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have Thank you,
1: here. you for having me. I'm excited for this conversation too. This is one yeah. that we don't have enough of.
0: No, we don't. Because I think this, and especially in our polarized state of the world right now, it seems like, yeah. Nope, not doing that. I have that conversation and I'm raising my hand. Nobody can see this on camera right now, but I am raising my hand because I find myself there a little bit every once in a while and sometimes more than a little bit because I'm just done. And I think yeah. that's the thing is all of us are feeling a little bit like I'm done yeah so um so i'm glad you're here because you're going to solve all those problems in one conversation <laughs> you're right well come on you now you, you already confessed yes, I will. to me I will solve you, you already confessed to me before you got on like well no i don't have my child or my wife anywhere close by so you've got a nice quiet room to make all. <laughs> it's all, all going to come through yes exactly <laughs> no so, distractions uh, so why did this why did these kind of concepts kind of start coming forward? Everything from the forgiveness to uncovering the power of who you are and power of your story. What was like the impetus for you? Like suddenly, Hey, yeah, this is where I want to stand. I know each one of them is a little bit different, but I know for me as an author, there's a deepness. And even as a speaker, there's certain things that just, it's always resonating within me. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to be a little crass. This shit's just got to get out in the world. It's just, that's how I feel. But um. What's what bubbled up for you? That's like, Hey, this is the direction I really want to like take my, my life, my world, my being on the planet.
1: That's a good question. And I think it really, I mean, it began at an early age. I was always asking really deep questions of my mom, mm-hmm. like just trying to understand God and life and you know, oh, so, you were, so you were that kid, was, you were driving
0: curious. everybody nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah. And she never had answers for me. She always just kind of responded with holding me and helping me through the feelings that I was feeling. And so I was just a very deep kid. And so I, I, I wrestled with big questions all through my childhood, through becoming a teenager. And then eventually when I came out in my early 20s, all of that kind of came to the surface when I was you know, rejected by my spiritual community and had a yeah. tough time coming out to my family and had this whole entire, very traumatic experience. Um, I grew up in Mississippi, I grew up Catholic. So there were a lot of things that I was learning that just didn't fit into the mold of what I felt inside of me. Right. And it actually took me leaving Mississippi to really start discovering who I wanted to be. And Um, It was it was a tumultuous journey leaving Mississippi because Mm. I was now placed into um, environments where I could choose to be myself and not feel the pressure of Mississippi culture and society. Mm. And so I kind of went on this six year journey away from Mississippi of really figuring out what my real thoughts and feelings were about the world and about myself and then at some point feeling called back to come back to Mississippi and actually mm. get to put those into practice and learn to love myself in a different and more meaningful way. And so I've been back in Mississippi for about 12 years and over the course of the 12 years, and I am going to answer your question.
0: You are, it, I know yeah. you are, you are, uh, you are, but um, <laughs> I know I love this direction because I love you how you're brilliant at you're tying it all together.
1: So the um, so over the last of the course of the last 12 years, I've really, you know, my wife and I have, have been kind of leaders in the LGBTQ community because we haven't been afraid. Well, we have been afraid to speak out, but we have done it anyway. And we've done it in, mm-hmm. in ways like going on the news, being in the media, you know, mm-hmm. just, I've really shared my story very openly about my coming out experience at Mississippi state university and then the Starville community. and, through the course of sharing my story over the years and in these different environments on stage with, you know, behind closed doors with Baptist pastors and Catholic priests and having Mm. conversations with my family, my mom, my dad, and having these hard moments where, you know, it's those little things like, do I introduce her as my wife? Or do I just avoid the question altogether? Right. You know, all the small little interactions and all the really big interactions led me to this place of like, okay, What is the one thing that can bridge the gap between where we are agreeing to disagree. And what I've found is that when I'm open and vulnerable and I'm honest and I share myself and I open my heart in any interaction, no matter what that interaction is sharing my story from my perspective and my hopes and dreams is the one thing that always leads to a deeper conversation with the, the other person it opens that door and then you can actually have a a talk and not talk about like you know what we're disagreeing about or what you know that political issue is or what that religious belief is or what that law says and what that law doesn't say it's more about who are you as a person and what drives you what makes you who you are and the only way to do that is is through i feel you know going beneath the surface and getting to know that person and their story and why they are the way they are so I've just seen that that is the one consistent thing in my career and in my life that has served me in the greatest way and has allowed me to not only love myself in a greater way, but allowed me to see the perspective of others in a way that um, is welcoming. And and I let it in and I let them see me. So that's, that's why I've, you know, that's kind of the route and journey I've taken.
0: It's so interesting to hear you tell that story or several, there's several stories in there. I know that, but um. I started really feeling it because it's similar to what I went through. I was raised seventh day Adventist um, was in seventh day Adventist schools all the way up through um, second year of college. And that's when I said, I just can't do this anymore. This is not, you know, and it wasn't over with because, you know, then I hid back in the closet after coming out then and then came out later in life. But it was so interesting to watch myself. So I went to high school in. Northwestern Arkansas. So I get the Southern stuff that yeah, we yeah. go through here. And then I went to college first two years in Tennessee.
1: Okay.
0: But it was in those two years in Tennessee, that was the first time I really began questioning everything. Because like you, I was away from the roots, so to speak, even though right. I was still grounded in a Seventh-day Adventist college, there was questioning and freedom and I mean, I used to sneak off campus because we weren't supposed to be, you know, we couldn't drive our cars except on the weekends and stuff. And I would sneak off campus on the weekend and say I was going to church in another church in the area. And I'd end up going to dance class, which was so taboo in the Seventh-day Adventist world. But then I actually started not only going to dance class, but then on Sundays, I started going to other churches. Like, okay, let's see if this is, and what I learned very quickly for me is okay a lot of churches are saying the same stuff but they're the ones who are right everybody else is wrong and i'm like this can't be right this cannot be right that you're the only church that you know and that's when i got very disillusioned with religion in general and plus being gay and being told i was going to hell all the time yeah um didn't help matters but it As you were speaking through that, I'm like, yeah, I'm checking boxes going. I feel that because I had to be able to step away in order to see the light. And when you said the small interactions and the large interactions, oh, you were hitting my heart big time because I learned once I did come out and, you know, I tough coming out because I'd been married for 13 years and then came out of the closet. Oh, my gosh. Um, I discovered how just making it very matter of fact smoothed over so many conversations yeah instead of making it the point of contention which is really hard these days like you know you don't get it you know but i'm as we sit here and i i hope to god it isn't going to happen but i i can't help but think as someone who's married in a same-sex relationship that is this possibly going to get on the chopping block too and how do i have those conversations you know
1: Right. You know, without yeah. getting
0: pissed off at somebody and going, you don't get this. Instead yeah. of saying, so let me ask you this. You've been married 20 some odd years to your husband or your wife. You've been in that relationship well before I was even permitted to do it. How would you feel if suddenly the government told you you can't be in that relationship? It's not worthy. Yeah. Because well, that's it's what i
1: Yeah. And it's something that people don't take to question unless it's directly affecting them. And so unless we're vocal and unless we say, Hey, this, this really hurts me. Like this, right. is this is, makes me feel, you know, like the scum of the earth, right? you know, until people know how we feel and we put ourselves out there right. and share that, you know, then, then there can't be change. There can't be course of action. There can't right. be, you know, allies actually showing up for us. Mm-hmm. So, but I also
0: feel like based on, you know, some of the topics you speak on especially about uncovering the power of who you are. And I love my, I love our community. <clears throat> But sometimes I don't think we realize how powerful we can be when we really uncover that piece of us and let that like be, I'm not saying you have to be gay, 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 lesbian, lesbian. I'm just saying like, let the power of what we, yeah. And let that be the shining light. Like this is why the power of being ourselves is so important. Now, I also will caveat that with be yourself, but don't be a freaking asshole. <laughs> I mean, which we can go down that conversation, but you know, it, that's part of what's going on right now. It's like it's so polarizing. Yeah. So as you talk through this, like let's just go there. Well, like a polarized okay. conversation, How would you enter into it?
1: Well, this is interesting that we're talking that you've asked me this question because I'm, you know, I told you I'm in the depths of revising my memoir right now. Currently, I'm in a hotel Mm -hmm. room and that's what I'm doing. And I just finished wrapping up this scene, the story where I was I was invited to be on a debate, quote unquote, Mm a mediation between myself and a Baptist pastor. And it was just, you know, it was right before. Marriage equality started the talks of marriage equality started happening 2013 2014 and they wanted me to come on and him to come on and have this this discussion right. and you know I, I approach things very differently then and I would probably approach them the same way now I would just be a little bit stronger in myself because I'm more confident and I've grown right. a lot. But his approach was very um, like, well, you know, this is what the Bible says, and this is what we believe, and we're trying to get, you know, people to come over to our side. And it's, it was very manipulative as far as mm-hmm. like, this is how it is, and this is how we want people to, to come onto our scene and come onto our side. And my approach was, you know, I'm going to go on here, and I'm going to be who I am, and I'm going to speak from my heart, I'm going to share my feelings, And I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to point the finger. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just going to say, this is who I am. This is the kind of person I want to be. And that the only thing that matters to me is my relationship with my God and who I am at the end of every day. And I think that's a very simple approach to take is like, you know, it's about me, how I feel about myself, the decisions I make. And if there's anger or resentment or, you know, something coming up for me that's outside of who I truly am, then that's something I need to pay attention to and transform within myself. And so that's, that's not something that's changed for me over the years. And like I said, you know, I've gotten a little bit stronger in my voice and who I am, you know, it's probably a little shaky during that interview, but now I wouldn't be, (laughs) you know, but that's the approach that I take because it's one that's. That's um, empowering for me, mm-hmm. and I have to think about how I want to feel after that interview, and I have to think about how am I going to live with myself after I have this discussion, you know. So mm-hmm. that's I've
0: had so many of those discussions too. Yeah. Now yeah. some of them weren't pretty because I'm like, "Fuck you."
1: Yeah, <laughs> you and know? you do, and you do want <clears throat> to go there, and I yeah. think you know. I mean, it's not that I don't have those feelings. I do no. get very upset, and and I get very angry, and I get very hurt. And I think the key for me has always been like, okay you know, go be hurt right. and go have your pain, but just don't take it to other people because mm-hmm. you won't be able to live with that.
0: Right. So, and I also have learned, and this has been a tough road for me because like for most of us in the LGBTQ community, I'm not saying yeah. mine is unique, but, you know, as I came out the second time, it was brutal, you know, cause I had, like I said, I had a, a wife, I had two kids, I had a circle oh, wow. of people who knew me as this and it was a lot of you're going to hell you're going to ruin your kids lives your bitterness from my ex-wife and you know and all the all the stuff that you hear a lot when you talk to anybody who's been married in a heterosexual relationship and then comes out yeah but one of the conversations that happened was you're abandoning god and i I, and uh, one of the things (laughs) i would annoy me and piss me off and finally I'm like okay how do I really want to address that and one day when I was on a, I was on a stage and somebody said that I said you yeah, know that's a really interesting perspective because actually what I'm doing is I'm abandoning your version of god oh, next question that. and I just I literally said next question because yeah. I'm like I am pretty much like I'm going to cut you off here
1: yeah
0: because guess what in my mind every one of us has those who believe every one of us has a different perspective of what God is.
1: Absolutely. There's
0: no one way to see God. There's similarities, but if that's your perception of God, then you go have that perception, but that doesn't mean that's how I have to do it. Yeah. And I remember coming off that panel and the person who'd put it together came up to me and I I was like, Oh, (laughs) are they not happy with, and she looked me in the eye and she goes, literally she said you're a fucking rock star she goes i've seen people get that kind of question or statement and she goes the way you did that and just like moved on yep she goes no, and emotion. That was no emotion no nothing just yeah. this is it you know yeah. and unfortunately as humans emotions are such a huge part of who we are yeah and they hold us hostage and then they hold us into that like you have to see it my way Yeah. And I find it interesting that one of the things you talk about is the courage to go, Okay, we're going to agree to disagree and it's not enough. Yeah, because I've heard that statement millions of times. too. Fine. We're just going to agree to disagree.
1: Yeah, all the time.
0: How do you handle that?
1: Well, I mean, it just goes back to everything that I've already been saying is like, you know that's not going beyond the surface. That's not going to get us anywhere. We can agree to disagree, but then, you know, where does that leave us? What right. story do we tell from there? Mm-hmm. And, you know, at some point we have to make that bridge. We have to make that connection. Otherwise we're going to continue to right. have this, you know, and polarized, you're going you know, to
0: continue to show up yeah. at the holiday event or the family event or a wedding. Yeah. And you're going to do this. Uh, uh, hello. And yeah. it's just going to be sitting there. Now. I also believe too, in that, heart of my heart's around this because I've talked I've coached many people through that piece like okay but is that good enough for you
1: some people say yeah I'm I'm
0: totally cool with agreeing to disagree okay and and here's where I kind of become (laughs) kind of become the nasty coach like okay I just want you to remember that the next family event you go to that that makes you really happy to agree to disagree well that's not what I said I said that's what you just told me you're okay with that I want you to think about if you show up at that event and you're totally happy to agree to disagree, are you going to enjoy being there? And it's a really big thing. I'm like, what would you rather be able to do with that person or those people? Well, I'd rather get them to feel the way I feel. Yeah, that's (laughs) yeah, that's that's not the well, it's part of the point, but it's not. It's like, okay, let's just go a little bit deeper. Help me understand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we could talk yeah. about that with this whole gun rights issue right now. Like, help me understand you help me like, you know, get, uh, give me at least something to really get into here that I can go help me see some of the logic here because I can't I can't see right. that. I, I just but I'm I say this, I'm willing to have some conversation to a point on this. But if I just feel like, OK, you've given me enough to just go, yeah, we're not mm-mm. I've dug in with you. I can't be there. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, it's a challenge.
1: It is a challenge. And it is hard because these are these are uh, very important issues right now. I mean, I have a kid. This hits home for me. And it's one that is very scary, Mm -hmm. To, But I think we can, you know, the majority of us can all agree that we just want to feel safe. Right. And I think we're operating from, you know, from that. Some are responding in fear and some are not. And it just puts us in this place of wanting to close off because there's that, there's that fear of rejection. There's that fear of not being seen. There's that fear of not being heard. And ultimately we all want the same things. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember that as human beings, the needs and the things that we want underneath all of these arguments, all of the things we think need to happen is still the essence of, of what's there, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, I think it's just a matter of what you can control in your own self is like, am I willing to be seen? Am I willing Mm -hmm. to be heard? Am I willing to speak up and see where this takes me? And I think we often shut ourselves down because we just, we don't, you know, we don't want to be rejected Mm -hmm. and we don't, we don't want to have that experience of not, of not someone not seeing who we truly Mm -hmm.
0: are. But it's so interesting when you talk in any of these, you know, frames that I'm going to come back to like the coming out LGBTQ frame. All we want is to feel safe. Yeah. But guess what? The people who are most opposed to us coming out, they actually want to feel safe too. But their yeah. safety is I want to be safe to know I'm going to make it to heaven because I tried to help. Right. Exactly. So guess what, folks, we're both wanting to feel and experience the same thing. Yeah, it's just how we get there is the difference. Right. And finding that commonality. And that when I've had some of those conversations, and I've said this a couple of times, just when I've been in small group panels, and, you know, talking to, you know, 50, 60 people, I've done it a couple of times when there's been like three or 400 people in the audience too. But like, I have literally said, so let me ask you, what makes you feel unsafe in your life? Mm Because I like to get the popcorn going, right? Right. And I say, okay, but if you weren't able to feel safe because that thing could never be addressed and you were told you just have to live with it and then wait, that's how you got to live now. You will always feel unsafe about that one thing. How would that make you feel?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it always gets really quiet.
1: Oh, I bet pin drop
0: because I'm stepping into, this is what it feels like to be LGBTQ. Yeah. We're told, Nope, you don't need, you don't get the privilege of feeling safe. Yeah, You don't get the, you get, don't get to feel free around this. Yeah. And then of course, you know, you and I were both parents. So then, you know, I, I not as much anymore, <laughs> but yeah, the whole time I was raising my daughters, not that they're done being raised, but you know, they're 23 and 27 now there was a lot of years that I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I hope they're safe. I hope they're safe.
1: Yeah. And that was my mom. i have been having some great conversations with the mom talking about my memoir and like having her help me through some of these stories because we've just always been very open and honest with each other. And, you know, that was one of the things for her was just a matter of safety for me. And like her response to my coming out was to hide it and keep it from everyone else to protect me. And Mm -hmm. You know, I'm really realizing the depth of that for parents too. you know, from yep. her perspective now, from my perspective as a, of a, you know, of a child who has two moms in Mississippi, you know, and like going through all of that, she's starting to enter into pre-K in school. And, you know, she's going to have to deal with being different yep. in a different way than I did, but it's still, you know, I want to protect her. And so anyway, I've still found even within that, you know, we we decided to have a Christmas party at our house for her and her classmates mm-hmm. and we invited all of the the students on you know they don't we don't run into the parents they don't know that we're two that marit has two moms right. so on the invitation we we wrote you know marit's two moms mm-hmm. we just put it out there because we thought it was better to be upfront and honest and say this is who we are and you're welcome in our home and if you want to come be a part of the party great and practically everyone showed up and we had a great time and so it's like it's kind of that same concept is right. like we don't put it out there We don't Mm -hmm. know how we're going to be met. So you have, but for an, as an individual, we have to get to a place where we feel confident in that. So there we're not so injured when it doesn't go the way we want it to. And so that's really the battle I think is like, you know, I want to put myself out there. I want to be honest. I want to be free. I want to be whole. I want to feel safe. You can't do that until you're taking those steps outward Mm -hmm. and, and actually doing the things that are going to help you feel that way within yourself. So for, for us, and you know, you're talking about this matter of, You know, safety issue, especially as LGBTQ people, you have to find that safety within you and you have to find what works for you. And that's a really hard journey to take.
0: It's very hard because we've been, we've been, uh, you know, just pulverized by you're not safe, you're not good, you're not worthy. All the, so none of those are in, not one of those terms makes you feel safe. Yeah. Not one. You're going to hell. That doesn't make me feel safe whether hell exists or not. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, it's the the thing of like that repetitive pattern. And now, you know, you know, kind of bring it back to what's going on in schools and guns and everything. It's like, how do you make your child feel safe? You know, that's the yeah. thing. And how do I feel safe as a parent? You know, and I, it's a battle. It yeah. is a battle. But one of the things that I also found and interesting the way you just described, you know, the Christmas party, that was one of the things I did as soon as my husband and I got together. So he came into my daughter's lives when they were like, 18 months old and almost six so he's been around or wow. almost yeah almost six That's amazing. so um been around raised help raise him all the way through but mm-hmm. one of the things I did because I've, I've always kind of been a work-from-home dad for the most part so I became very involved in the school stuff you know from elementary yeah. school not so much middle school because I don't know middle school is a whole different ballgame <laughs> so speak because Hey, you either like are into sports and all this stuff. I and mean, neither one of my daughters were ever into sports. I'm like, okay, well, they just get in especially in high school. Yeah. I got a little more involved in high school stuff, but, um, it was interesting to just show up, to just show up in certain environments. Like I was one of the, you know, just parents in the classroom, you know, I, I hate to go. I was with all the soccer mommies. Cause I find that kind of deme- <laughs> demeaning in some way, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I was one of the parents who showed up to help in the classrooms. Yeah. And I remember, um, one time showing up and you know nobody really knew they knew who, who my kids were but it wasn't like hey I'm waving the rainbow flag right right and so here I am me and all the moms right I was the only dad what'd you do this weekend I said oh my husband and I went to Temecula and went wine tasting and I just kept going like I'm just gonna say it yep and suddenly I was like oh yay we have like <laughs> We have a gay dad, you know, I came to take token gay on campus, so to speak, for some and for a majority of them, actually, it was really interesting. And then, of course, I got, of course, I got involved in the theater productions and all that stuff. Right. Let's just go down the stereotype. Right. <laughs> but um, but then there was other times like, yeah, I was right there for all the games that, you know, the big game days you have all day long. And I was, you know, a ref and all that. And they're like, you just show up. I'm like, well, yep. what else do you, what else should I do? That's what it's all about is just showing up. And I think yeah. sometimes we get the, the polarization piece happening and then we forget, well, what if you just showed up? Right.
1: What yeah, if you just, know. Uh, you know, yeah. Hey,
0: this is what it is. You know, somebody, yeah, one of exactly. my other, one of my other coaching. So uh, most people who listen to this know, I coach in another company. And so I encounter people from all walks of life in that coaching it's not focused on or and it's helping professional speakers become professional speakers. And it's always a little bit like, when did, what do I need to say anything? Or when something comes up, do I say something? And I'm on some pretty big, you know, calls with like 50, 60 of those people in the program at a time. And things will come up and it'll just kind of say, Oh yeah, my husband and I did that. And I'm like, Oh crap. Should I said that? I'm like, yeah, you should say it. Let's be honestly who you are. I'm not pushing an agenda. I'm just having it. A normal conversation yourself. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. yeah. And
1: I, I think, you know, for, for people like us who have had such traumatic coming out experiences, and I think most people have traumatic coming out experience. Yep. I'd say the majority of people do, because it's, it's the trauma that happens beforehand too, that you're mm-hmm. internalizing and the shame you're internalizing. And I think, you know, you get to this point where you, you, that trauma is constantly coming up because of the shame that's been buried so deep within you that, you know, you do have to make that conscious effort to say, Hey, I'm going to show up here. Mm -hmm. I I hear you fear. And it gets easier as you go. I hear you. And you're still there. That trauma is not going to just disappear. Mm -hmm. It happened, you know, but it's, it's a constant conscious choice to, to show up and be yourself. And it's, (sighs) that's true for anybody, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from or what your experiences have been. We've all been right. shamed. We've all been traumatized. And we have to make that choice to show up and be ourselves. And that's that's really what my book is about, Held and Free, is like getting to that place. Like, where can we get to this place of feeling like we're both supported and we're free and we're whole?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the only way to do that is to show up. I mean, you hit mm-hmm. the nail on the head. And it's to just be yourself, be true to your heart, make choices that are in alignment with, with who you are, And live in that space and be okay with it and it doesn't mean bad things don't happen it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that you don't have fears it just means that you're constantly taking a step back to choose yourself and what you want for your life and so that's really what the journey has been but fear is
0: also this is one of the things i say in one of of my talks fear is also only as great as we give it power right and and yes trauma is never going to go away in fact i was listening to one of Oprah's Super Soul Sundays, it's been a year or two ago, and she said something really profound about yes, what happened has happened. That right. trauma has happened. Yep. But the key is it happened. Yep. It's done. It's there. Don't ignore it, so to speak, but it's it's back there. It's way, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's well gone. Yeah. And it, the more we hang on to, and I'm not saying get over your freaking trauma. That's not what I'm saying. Cause God knows I have worked really hard to move beyond a lot of this trauma in my world, but I'm 58 years old going to be 59 in a couple of months. And there are still moments that that trauma, somebody will say something not often, but somebody will yeah. say something and they will be the epitome of that person who said it or the way the tone yeah. of voice that they said it. Same and feelings. I can go right back there in like absolutely a heartbeat, yeah. but I also know okay, so confront it, like, just be with it, observe that. Yeah. And then go forward again. So, um, so held and free is the new book coming out. Well, as soon as you get out of the hotel room and get it done. Maybe
1: a few more trips to the hotel. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just
0: When Megan and I were talking about this before we got on, because I have a book too. And we're like, oh gosh, this is the hardest part. This is is the hardest part. The edit, reworking, all that. It's like, okay, the first part was easy. It was fun. Like, okay, (laughs) And then you start rereading. Like, what the hell is that? (laughs) What (laughs) What is
1: is that? (laughs) That
0: that makes no sense at all. (laughs) But um, so I loved what you said about held and free, giving you that, that it's that, supportive space to know you kind of have to know you're safe and held in that beauty of your freedom is part of holding you in that really safe space. And I've seen this happen so much with people in, in the LGBTQ space of be, feeling free and knowing that that freedom is part of what supports us. Yeah. But it's been really interesting to watch as I broaden how I talk about this, which is what I love about everything you talk about. Like, this isn't just about queer people. <laughs>
1: It's about all of
0: us feeling held and free to be who we are and show up in the world. So what, if you could say, here's the core message you want people to take away. I know that's one of those questions. Every one of us hates when somebody asks like, (laughs) well, what's the core message, Megan, you want out of the book for crying out loud. But what's like some of the things you most want people to really take away from this and learn.
1: Uh, That life is a journey and that it will always be a journey and to just be compassionate with yourself because you're not going to get it right and you're going to screw up and you're not always going to be true to yourself. And ultimately what I believe is that what we all want is, is to feel whole and to feel free. And that everything that's happening outside of us is helping pull us forward into that. And I think for me, you know, in my transformation and my relationship with God, the universe, spirit, whatever you want to call it, has been about that, has been about, letting go and letting the unknown take over and just like taking one step at a time, being true to myself and doing the best I can. Mm. And that has led me to where I am now, where I'm like, okay, I've got my family. I've got, you know, I've chosen all the things I want to do with my life at Mm. this point. And I'm like genuinely grateful every day. And it makes me tear up saying that Mm -hmm. to you because, you know, as I'm writing this book, I'm realizing just how far I've come, but it's been such hard steps and it's been a, you know, it hasn't been easy at all. It's been painful and it's Mm -hmm. been rough, but it's been worth it. And I would do it again. So that's, that's ultimately is that there's, there's a way to feel what we, what we want, that wholeness and that freedom. And it's absolutely attainable no matter where you come from or what you've been through.
0: How critical do you think where you're at could have been accomplished without forgiveness? Not possible. Mm
1: -hmm. Not possible. It's still a very, uh, you know, as far as like, I think for me, it's been more about forgiveness of myself for not Mm -hmm. being true to myself along the journey. Those Mm -hmm. instances where I let my shame choose for me instead of choosing for myself and what I wanted. Um, the self-forgiveness piece has been really hard. Um, and then also, you know, forgiveness of others and just realizing, you know, getting to that point where this is their journey and this is their perception and that's okay. It doesn't have actually anything to do with me. And, and they're allowed to, to have that, but that doesn't mean that I have to let, it in to my life, you know, depending on where I'm at. So forgiveness is, is like, forgive quickly. It's a a
0: key critical piece of this equation.
1: Yes, it is. It's
0: it's really hard because it's tied so much to the guilt and shame. Yep. You know, if I could not, if I could not have forgiven, okay, well, first myself, but I'm going to start with where a lot of this emanated from. If I could not have forgiven people who heaped guilt and shame on me about being gay, yeah, I couldn't, I don't, I couldn't be doing these podcasts because right. I would still be holding on to anger and hate and, or hanging on to people pleasing.
1: Okay. Yes. Well, okay.
0: You know, then I'm going to do so this.
1: glad You said that. Yeah.
0: But once I realized, okay, first it's going to have to start with me. And I, and because I work with so many people late in life coming out of the closet, they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I wasted all my time. Okay. For, so start right there. Forgive yourself. You didn't waste time. You're actually where you need to be. And I, this was a biggie for me because of going back in the closet at 19 and then coming out at 36, I experienced that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wasted so much time until I had this epiphany that when I did come out, Mm -hmm. I was well equipped to go the journey at 19. I was not well equipped to go the journey Mm -hmm. because I was hanging on to too much guilt and shame and people pleasing
1: and trying to be who that
0: everybody else wanted me to be. But when it happened at 36, I I had reached that breaking point of I can no longer keep pleasing everybody else because who the hell am I? I didn't didn't even know who I was. I knew I was gay. That I knew. But I also knew that the way I was going to get through this was I was going to be a gay man who was no longer going to please everybody. And that was going to be okay. And I was going to forgive myself for believing I had to do that. And I had to forgive myself for thinking it's too late it's way too late yeah. and had to accept that it wasn't too late. I mean, I'm working with some, a couple of clients right now that are in their sixties and just going through this. Wow. And we've done a lot of work around this forgiveness. Yeah. Because they're holding some people accountable. I'm like, you can hold them accountable, but you'll never be happy.
1: No, you can't, you have to break free at some point. You can't let others control, you know, how you view yourself. And, you know, and that's, you know, a lot of what you just said resonated with me too, is like when I first came out, it was like, I had been this person to everybody. I wasn't, you know, a two sport athlete, a star athlete at Mississippi state university and, and grew up in my hometown and went to school in my hometown. And so I was this star. Right. And so being seen suddenly as a label and not for who I was as a person was right. that, de- that was that defining moment for me. it's like, okay, who am I beyond right. my labels and how people perceive me? And, mm-hmm. and that's what I needed to go. Find even, in our,
0: even in our own community, yeah. it's like, okay, I'm a gay man, but I I don't have to be the gay man as all the rest of gay men define me. And and I know that happens in the lesbian community and the trans community all this sort of stuff. And for a community that's like, please accept, accept, accept. It's like, sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot as a community too. It's like, stop it already. It's okay to be a gay man who doesn't want to be somebody who hooks up all the time. It's okay to be a gay man who's like, I like cars and I go, you know, right. Whatever. Right. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. But when, and maybe it's cause I'm getting ready to go on a gay vacation. so <laughs> 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 Preparing for, okay, here we go. Let's get ready for the stereotypes <laughs> to start hitting. Um, and I, I hope nobody heard that, that I'm <laughs> going, well, this will air after the fact. So be there like, you oh. go. You're, you're good. He was a good guy. And now we heard this podcast, but, um, uh, you know it's it's such an interesting space to play in because one of the things i know and again i resonate with so much of what you do because it falls into that same space like this is where i play this is exactly where i play all the time in the work that i do as well yeah. is if you can learn to forgive yourself and you can realize that you're a good person that's like two huge steps right there yeah because that releases you from shame from guilt from living by other people's expectations and that was when I finally drew into the power of me. Hmm. I didn't have to be this. I still wanted to be a good person, but I could be a good person and still be gay. Right. You know, I just didn't fit into the construct of my parents and other people, obviously I didn't fit into the construct of my ex-wife. Right. Yeah. Um and none of that is like, oh, well screw you, this is who I am. That wasn't I'm sure my ex-wife at times thought that's where I was coming from, but there's just these interesting spaces where when you step back and like, again, kind of bring this full circle to what we've talked about a lot on this podcast and you just show up. Yeah. You're just showing up. Yep. And sometimes that can be as controversial to people as let's have a really deep conversation when you just show up and they have nothing to work with. They don't know what to do with it.
1: Yeah. And
0: sometimes that's what shuts it down. Like, okay, fine. Okay, you Yeah, exactly. Me-
1: just, yeah. Just being matter of fact and confident and, you know, and, and I've had the same experiences <clears> you've had every time I've come to the table and, and just been matter of fact, this is who I am. And this is my wife and this is my daughter and, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. the instance is, it just, it's easier for everybody. Because well,
0: I, so. and I'm going to do a little name dropping here just because I, th- I'm so jealous of some of the great experiences you have. Not really jealous, but I'm like, yeah, oh, it's so cool. But You wouldn't have gotten some things like you got from like Desmond Tutu and his comment about you know splendid work for God and God's children and sharing stages with people like Don Miguel Ruiz. It's because you just showed up. That's it. And I was,
1: and the thing is, though, I was scared every time.
0: Oh, of course. And, And
1: and that's the thing that I think people often get wrong about me. They think I'm just like this always strong, confident person because of how I present but I'm always scared before I go on stage. I'm always scared before I have those hard conversations. Like I'm, I've am i worked through those fears for days often before I even get to that point. And so yeah. I think it's important that people, you know, remember that the fear is okay too. And that's often what drives us to show up. Mm-hmm.
0: Even, even, I'm going to say, even this podcast, there's a little, there's always a little bit of trepidation when I come on and go, okay, we're going to record this because I know it's one more thing I'm putting out there in the world, yeah. you know, that could open a door for somebody to come after me Absolutely. or whatever. And yeah. <clears throat> it's not like I can hide. I mean, it, it's <laughs> yeah. all out there. It's
1: all out there.
0: You know, it's also
1: I, very freeing. You it know is I mean?
0: completely freeing because it's yeah. like, I'm just getting to be me and do yeah. what I love. And, yeah. um, I think that's the beauty of these things that we get to do as authors and speakers and podcasters. And, and you don't have to be any of that. That's the thing. I don't want people to like, okay, you got to do this to feel free. Uh -uh. You can feel free by just showing up somewhere. Yep. You know, and just being yourself. And as we work through our own stuff as humans, I often find that one of the hardest pieces for people who really struggle with why I have no confidence. It's not something that it's like, okay, you go do this and that makes you confident confidence is just showing up
1: yeah
0: saying this is it, me this is what you get
1: yeah
0: where you lose the confidence as soon as you buy into it, oh well that's not very cool or you're not if you buy into it that's why you don't feel confident but if you yeah. don't buy into any of that garbage i mean <laughs> i showed up this very first podcast that i ever did fully scripted reading. kind. Of, I mean, I'm pretty good at looking at a script and making it not sound like it. But when I go back and listen to that first podcast, I'm like, oh my God, you should not be a podcaster <laughs> until I finally said, screw this. After three episodes, I think it was three, maybe four. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't be this. Like, let's just go. Yeah. Just be you. And the more I've just been me, I, I mean, hey, five hundred and some episodes here at this point. Wow, something's, that's amazing. Something's working, right? Yeah. Um, of course, I still can't get a fucking book edited, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> just hire an editor.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't even want to go there yet because I'm like, this is so not not re- ready. What not ready? What I want? <laughs> yes, I, You know, the editor will be ready. So, um, so anyway, the new book is held in free. It's coming out the, later this fall in 2022, right?
1: End of September. That's the okay. goal. Okay. Provided you get, get it out, of the, get
0: it, you know, get through all the hotel room <laughs> yeah, visits to get right. it done. So, uh, yeah. well, thank you so much, Megan, for being here. I, yeah, thanks I for really the conversation. enjoyed conversation. Oh, of course. And Hey, when the book comes out, maybe we should like do another podcast and like, Hey, let's talk about that. that. And like, Hey, it's out and really dive into it. See I what know, happens, see what happens. But, um, thanks for being you and showing up and sharing your world and your story. And, um, if anybody wants to reach out to you, where's the best places to reach out to you? Uh,
1: just my website, meganonan.com, M-E-A-G-A-N-O-N-A-N.com.
0: Yeah. Cool. Everything's there. Everything's there. We'll have it up on the website for the podcast and everything too. But um, again, thank you so much and um, keep doing what you're doing to make the world a better place.
1: Thank you. Likewise.
0: Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us